Grace and peace be to you from our Lord Jesus. This morning we read from the book of Revelation, uh, the 22nd chapter. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp, nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light. They shall reign forever and ever. Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. The Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of prophecy of this book. We pray. These are your words, dear Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, so this past summer, I actually I had another near-death experience. And it was one of those things. I was uh, traveling uh, on a Sunday morning to preach at Pilgrim Lutheran in Minneapolis. And I saw a car accident happen on the southbound side. So I was like, well, I better stop and all that. I stopped, checked to see if people were okay. I uh, called the police. Other people stopped to help too. And someone had the idea of like, well, maybe we should try to, there was just one car there and decided like, well, maybe we should try to move it off to the side. Now that probably wasn't maybe a great idea, but at any rate, uh, I didn't want to be like unhelpful or whatever. So I was like, okay, I'll, so I climbed over those, uh, there were like wires to, you know, in the median. So I climbed over the wires and tried to help move the, move the car, which was unsuccessful. So eventually we were kind of waiting for the police. Everyone seemed okay. And I was like, well, uh, if it's all right with you, uh, I wouldn't mind getting going. And everyone seemed fine with it. So I climbed back over those wires and started walking back to my car. But then like 10 seconds later, two more cars came barreling in. And it felt to me like it was full speed. And they crashed into the crash that was already there. So I ran back. And I was checking on a, a car to see if everyone was okay in it. And I realized as I was like walking up to it, I was like, hey, you know, I was standing in this exact spot where this car is like 10 seconds ago. And if I had kind of like delayed my decision making, like I, well, I usually do that, then I, I don't know. Who knows what would have happened? But at any rate, so everyone was kind of okay and the police got there and I, I, went, I went on my way, got back in my car and, and was on my way. And as I was driving, you know, it's kind of one of those moments where you start kind of contemplating things and you're like, contemplating your life choices. But then I realized my radio was still on. I'd never turned it off. And obviously, you know, I was listening to my jams on the way to church. Uh, And on the radio, I realized that the the song that was playing was that one called Unstoppable. And if you haven't heard it, it's okay. Basically, 90% of the lyrics are about being unstoppable or feeling invincible. It's, you know, the sort of song you might shadow box to in front of a mirror to get pumped for the day or something. But when I heard it, it was like, I was just like, I'm going to cautiously turn that off because I did not feel unstoppable. 
I felt, you know, let's just say moderately to severely stoppable at that point in time. Is not vibing with it. I bring this up because I think there's a big contrast between a sort of near-death experience and the sort of banality and triteness of life that we're surrounded by every day that, you know, kind of ignores that. And I think when you have that sort of moment where you're getting a little bit of a brush with death, you realize, hey, it is kind of maybe closer than you think. And at times I think we need to take that to heart. Uh, God's word says it. And, and in fact, as we look at the text for today, giving us a vision of heaven, eternal life, it doesn't make sense to us. It is gobbledygook if we don't take death seriously. If we don't understand that, it's just like, oh, this is a fun image of a garden. And so, you know, dare I say that, that the text is impractical for us? We kind of make it impractical when we are like treating heaven or like it's far away. Or we don't take the realities of death seriously. It's very easy for us to say, like, well, this doesn't really matter for me right here now. And I think there are a lot of consequences to that sort of attitude. And they show up when our priorities are out of whack. Sometimes then we don't take spiritual things seriously. Um, maybe we put off repentance. You know, our text shows heaven as a perfect place, without sin, no darkness, stuff like that. I mean, isn't it kind of a shameful thing when it, sometimes we treat sin like it's no big deal, even though it's like heaven is supposed to be without sin, and we're like, eh, I don't want to kind of even come close to that now. I kind of want to do my own thing. And sometimes that's how we treat sin. Or uh, in the text, you know, it talks about having God's name on our foreheads there. And I think, you know, there may be some times in this life where we wouldn't mind that, but I think sometimes we would, wouldn't we be kind of ashamed if people could see God's name on our forehead or don't we act like it would be when we're maybe ashamed or don't want to talk about Jesus, talk about it to the people around us? Then it's like, you know, in chapel it's easy to have, you know, God's name on our forehead, but you know, in other circumstances, it's like, er, maybe I had too much of that soft serve at the cafeteria, I have one of those headaches that need to, you know, cover my forehead. Often, you know, we can, yeah, I want to downplay that and, and be ashamed of our Lord. And, you know, though we probably don't always come to grips with it, I, I hope that we do see that, yeah, we are, we're not unstoppable. We're just not. Death and hell, they're serious, they're real. And it's scary. And hopefully this text can change our view and see how should it affect our life now and eternally. I mean, really, if we don't take, if we don't take death seriously, I don't know that we can even take this life seriously, let alone eternal life. Now, in our text I think it can reshape our reality when we see how um, we see this vision of this garden in heaven. There's way more details than I can go into right at this moment, but there's a very big detail here that we have it depicted as a garden. And it's no coincidence probably that the Bible begins in a garden. 
John here in, in the writer of Revelation ends the Bible with a garden, ends his book with a garden. And I think that's really powerful imagery for us to know that the Bible is a message of getting from one garden to another garden. The first garden of sin in Genesis did not work out very well. Adam and Eve fell into sin. They messed things up. And a curse came about. And we've messed up too, and we're part of the problem. But in this text we see there's another restored garden. And that all that was lost in that first garden is restored. And I think that's powerful imagery in our text. We see there's another tree of life that's yielding a ton of fruit for the nations. It has leaves for healing of the nations. It heals, it restores, it's, it's, it's perfect, it's, un, it's the reverse of that fall. And Jesus did everything to bring us from garden to garden, so to speak. The text talks about there's no more curse. Uh, that curse that was brought on Adam and Eve with their sin. It's gone in heaven because Jesus took that curse on himself. All the curses and things we've done wrong, we had on ourselves, he took on himself so they be taken away so there'd be no more curse nothing of any sort like that in heaven it would be gone and he did that with his cross with his resurrection he showed for us yes even though we have our brushes with death and we realize it's real we have our way out in Christ our risen savior who's conquered death who's opened eternal life for us who's worked faith in our hearts to bring us there uh, th- through the word and sacrament. Uh, the Bible isn't only a story about going from garden to garden. That's our story too. God brings us from our sin to the garden of eternal life in heaven. And All Saints Day, today, we remember that's how it worked for those believers who've gone before us too. They trusted in their Savior and he brought them from garden to garden just like us. So I think bearing that in mind, I think it helps recenter our lives a little bit each and every day. Our confidence in heaven is, I think it is very practical. I think it reshapes how we view our priorities on any day. I think it helps us remember the stuff that really matters. I think it gives us peace in a way that only kind of a bigger picture sort of thing can give us. But, you know, I think it's even more than that. And I, I, I don't know, uh, you know you best, but I would challenge you to think through today, you know, how does this message of this garden in heaven, how does this reshape your day? How does this change your outlook? And I think it is very helpful. So in the end, I think we've seen that, you know, in taking death seriously, we take life seriously, eternal life in heaven, and each and every day. I think if I wrote my magnum opus moderately to severely stoppable, I probably would not get on the radio every third song. Uh, but I hope we've seen that that is an important thing to be aware of. We are stoppable. Uh, we are vulnerable and we realize that. We see how great it is that we have a Savior who takes care of our vulnerability. He brings us from garden to garden. He brings us from sin to eternal life in heaven, all by his work. Amen. Please rise for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, when death hits home to us, cause us to trust in your Son, the Lamb of God, and his saving work, so we have our lives continually 
re-centered on our heavenly home, shaping how we live every day until then. On this All Saints Day, help us to follow the example of your saints in facing death and facing life, clinging to Christ and his freely saving work. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.